Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Life Coach Pod Show. I can't even say it anymore. It's Tuesday, and we have a great guest for you today. Uh, Shauna Asper is here, and she is going to tell us about these loans and what's going on with money. And I've heard some of the news today that, that um, hopefully she'll have a handle on or at least know a little bit about what's going on. But I've heard the banks are like kind of hawking it up like a hairball. So we'll see what's going on with that. It, for those of you that don't know what day it is, it's Tuesday, April 7th. It's weird because it's my dad's birthday. My mom woke me up this morning with a text that said your dad would be 84 today, which since he's been dead over 40 years, that's kind of bizarre to think about. He was killed when he was 43. So it's weird to think that he would be 84, which is, I'm just going to picture him as being cantankerous as, as you know what. Uh, but it's funny how time goes by and that means I'm old too. So sad to say. For those of you in, that are sheltering at home and give no you-know-what's about what day it is, it's also March 38th. So that is the, the alternative calendar for everybody sheltering because, of course, life is not really moving forward other than it is. When I looked today for some time capsule moments, it was too weird for me to report on. I'm going to talk a minute about cybersecurity because, of course, that never goes away and the hackers are also stuck at home, so they're doing their very best right now. But it feels a lot like we're all waiting for a bomb to go off. If you're listening to any news, and I've had it on in the background this morning, everybody's projecting this is going to be a horrible week, even though Wisconsin's being forced to the polls in person, which I still can't get my brain around that good, honest human beings couldn't figure out an alternative to making people leave their homes and put poll workers at incredible risk and get, put senior citizens at incredible risk I'm telling you, my brain explodes. This went through two Supreme Courts, the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court. And I do have a political opinion about it, but I'll let you go ahead and read the news because if you think it's okay for anyone to tell people they're supposed to come out during this virus and risk their health, I'm going to punch you in the throat. That's it. That's it. That's We're just going to end it like that because it's it's just not okay to put these people at risk. Everybody has the right to vote and everybody should have a right to vote safely. That's it. How hard is that? That's such a simple rule. Okay, so about cybersecurity, and I put my soapbox back under my desk. When it comes to cybersecurity, uh, there's been another huge breach with an email um, client called, or email service called Email IT. I believe that's in Italy. But the point is, and oh, I'm sorry, and there's another big story about Zoom recordings have been posted and been hacked. So first of all, if you're using Zoom, record to your local client, meaning your computer. You have two choices. You can record to the cloud, which is a big Amazon Web Services server that sits out there, and that's what's being hacked. Sure, you could probably be hacked on your personal computer as well, but hopefully you've done the right things. Hopefully you have antivirus running on your computer. Hopefully you've got a password on your personal home network. If you don't have a password on your home network, today is the time to go fix that. Go fix that, please. You could also be running a virtual private network if you're very, very worried about what you're doing. And most of you working from home, logging into the office, probably do so via a virtual private network, which is essentially just giving you a protected pipe from your house to your office's servers. You just, that is an extra protection so that those, that intellectual property is protected. So it's a good time to take a look at your cybersecurity. I'm trying to find a guest. I could do it because I've worked in cybersecurity so long, but 
eh, I talk too much. I'd rather have the guest come on and talk about it. So I'm trying to find one of my old friends to come on and talk about cybersecurity. The problem is they all have been promoted over the years and now they're too, too fancy for me. Um, but one of them is working as the head of AT&T's, um, she's the chief evangelist at AT&T. She's amazing, but now she can't talk because AT&T won't let her talk to me, but not, not publicly. Anyway, she would tell you to secure your computers. They're doing it on the high end for enterprises. We need to do it on the low end for us. So please take a look. Please be careful with your passwords. Change them on occasion. Uh, I just learned I use a password manager. I use LastPass. Apparently it's hackable. I don't know. I guess it is, but I've, I've, I've got to take a chance somewhere because I can't keep track of all the passwords. But think about the tools that you can use. Do some research. And I will be able to share with you uh, some research I did with a company that I work with that's going to come out, I hope, this week. I just had a chance to talk with them yesterday. It's about consumers and what they're worried about with cybersecurity. And I'd love to share that information with you. So they're going to make it public, I think, this week. And then I can. Okay, so that's our time capsule moment for April 7th of 2020, the year that's come to get us. And now we will transition over. Oh, we have a few guests coming up. The guests are going to change order a little bit because I ended up getting thank you very much to Donna. We have a bereavement counselor coming in to talk about how grief is, it's the same grief, how we can express it is changing because we can't be with the ones who have died. We can't be with them when they're dying. If it's COVID-related death, even if it's not a COVID-related death, it's super weird right now. Do we dare go see the people we love when they're in pain or when uh, someone is, is gone? So we're, uh, Andrea should be here Friday, but I've got to move some other folks to make that happen. So uh, I don't have exactly the order of guests, but those are who's on the list of coming up. Okay. Yeah, I know. I sound like I'm on speed, but I did have coffee. All right. So today we have Shauna, who is um, a friend of mine from coaching school, as I say, and she happens to be a CPA, and she has also been talking about, in her business, what's going on with these small business loans. I call it the gig worker small business loans because they happen to expand it to include gig workers. So, Shauna, why don't you tell us a little bit, you're on mute, so make sure you come off mute, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then dive in and tell us what's going on because we have a lot of folks who care about these two loans. Yeah. So I'm Shauna Asper. I am a CPA. I'm licensed in Washington state. That matters because the CPA or overall the regulating bodies really care about what state you're in for when you say, say that technically in California right now, I shouldn't be saying that I'm a CPA, even though I am one. Um, Shh. You're trained. <laughs> That's all that matters. I trust, I trust you that you've been trained. Um, but I also am an advisor. So I do outsourced accounting through my um, work, which you saw the slide um, at cultivated strategy group is my business I've started, but I also am an advisor with the SBDC in my county. So the small business development center, which is partially funded through the SBA. So something that's been very neat and very overwhelming over these past few weeks is that I have kind of gotten a front row seat to how this has all been handled through the SBA and advising a variety of clients on everything that's going on. And oh, lucky you, lucky you. Yeah, right? <laughs> Zero and to a hundred, just like that. Yeah, and no, seriously. I mean, it was interesting being on a call. So we do bi-weekly training calls through the SBDC and we have SBA reps on the call with us 
And it was very interesting the other day, they were like, the SBDC was not created for this, like to advise clients on applying for these loans and like handling the mass um, amount of clients that we've been intaking. And it's like, it's not meant for that, but obviously it's all hands on deck trying to help people. Um, so that's so interesting because my favorite Stephanie rule just talked about that this morning on MSNBC. She's like, you got to understand these guys didn't move this kind of cash and deal with this volume before now. Right. It's so true. And I even uh, on my LinkedIn this morning, I was posting about how I have listened to so much criticism lenders towards the SBA, SBA towards lenders, people talking about different people giving advice about these loans. And it's like, this is seriously unprecedented. No one has dealt with this before. And we basically had politicians that created something and then said, okay, SBDC, go figure it out. Oh yeah. And by the way, this has to be live at lenders next Friday. So you get a week. And so That's the part I know. And it's got to be live. Like Mnuchin stood up there and said, oh no, it's, it's, it's on. We're doing it. It's happening. It's all good. And I'm like, it's not how that works. Like, no, not at all. Not across the whole country. Not with regulations. Like, are you writing us all a check, Steve? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting because one lender that I've been working with a client with is like, you know, I've just really lost respect with the SBD or with the SBA on how they've handled this because lenders were sitting there waiting for the SOPs, the standard operating procedures, and the SBA was working as hard as they could to get them together, but they went live last Thursday afternoon or midnight, and then the lenders were expected to have all of their paperwork together first thing Friday morning, right? And it's like everybody all of a sudden was required to do this massive upheaval of information and pulling everything together. And you have to give somebody some grace somewhere in that process. Wow. So just, so you're downstream. I yeah. mean, you're definitely downstream, but you have visibility then to the chaos that's been happening. And the, I, I know people, I, I, my experience with the SBA is that they're, they've been wonderful. Like the yeah. things that I've, from a small business perspective, I've, tried, I've been involved with startups and stuff and I've gotten great advice from them. But to your point, it's not, it wasn't built to be a loan administrator and it's screener, right? Part of the job is for you guys to screen that like they're saying, well, at least if I understood this morning, it was the, any, they changed the language in the law. So now that many more people can be, can apply but screening them is the challenge and are they really loan worthy? So it's interesting with the SBDC. So with the development centers, we are helping people apply for the loans. So we're not actually part of the SBA, okay. but we do free advising. So anybody that comes to us gets free advising. We'll help them through the loan process, hopefully find a lender, a lender for the um, paycheck protection program. That's, a whole new thing, which we can dive into that. Okay. Um, but we help them through the process, but it's still the SBA um, that is handling the paperwork for the IDLE, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, and then the banks are handling the paperwork for the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP. So 
Oh, good. We got so new acronyms. We also got new acronyms. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's two. There's two things. There's two vehicles. Yes. Okay. Technically, there is a third one, but it's not very widely available to people. There are a lot more stipulations, but the two main ones that we've been talking about. Uh, and that most people are talking about it, are the idle. That's what how we refer to it. Um, e i d l. So the economic injury disaster loan, and that is one that you apply for on the SBA website. And then the other one is the Paycheck Protection Program, and that's the one you apply for through banks. And then there's some other financial tech type companies that are starting to offer it, like. QuickBooks is trying to roll out or Intuit is trying to roll out their funding of that to help more people get processed because there is this, we are running up against this wall with lenders of who is actually offering this loan and you know, how many people are they accepting? Cause they can only process so many loans at a time, right? Otherwise it's going to be backlogged for days and months. And, and the banks are processing idle loans. No, PP, the payroll protection. Yeah. That, and that's the one, then is that where I've heard that potentially if you've never had a loan before, if you don't have a bank you work with that knows you, that's where you could get sticky. Yeah. And that is often the case with um, people of color, anybody who's run a business where it's just been, I'll just say like a, a food truck or something where the, the banking hasn't been a big part, but now seriously, they're in trouble. Yeah, so okay. there are a lot of banks, especially some bigger banks. Um, I think it was Chase that someone sent me an email. They ha So this person has business checking through Chase, but they don't have a loan because they're not a business that needs a loan. Right. Um, and basically Chase, and I, might, I might be mixing up the two banks. Maybe I shouldn't have said a name, but they basically big said, bank. Yeah. Big bank said, if you don't have both a business checking account and a prior business loan with us, we are not offering this program to you. We are only offering it to customers that have had both pieces. And then there are other banks that are saying, as long as you're an existing customer, we'll offer this to you. If you're not an existing customer, then we won't. And it's like, okay, well, what constitutes an existing customer? Can I just have a business checking account? Does that count? You know, right. there become all those factors. Or all of the people out there that haven't yet gotten a separate business account and they're running everything through their personal, which if you're listening and you do that, don't do that. Oh my <laughs> God, because I totally am doing that right now. I'm a I'm sole proprietor. I'm back to being a sole proprietor. Yeah. And I'm absolutely running. It's everything you would expect of a sole proprietor. I keep right. my, my accounting separately, but I have one checking account. Yeah. And so then you don't have a business account. So then <sighs> would they even consider you for the PPP? Like, Are we seeing um, credit unions at all step in and help fill this gap? They've often, community credit unions have often done that sort of thing. You know, they really stay within the community and understand your value in the community. That's a good question. I've actually been trying, so I'm helping through the SBDC, several people try to apply for these loans. And I've been trying to figure out if some of our local credit unions are offering it. I haven't gotten an answer yet. Um, Cause even on Thursday, so if anyone is local, 
I am doing a webinar on how you kind of pull this information together for applying for these loans. So through the SBDC, it's a free webinar. I'm doing that. And one of the credit unions is even a sponsor for that webinar. So like, hopefully they are actually offering the loan. <laughs> but I'm trying gonna, to- Are you gonna record that webinar so I can then link to it too? Cause that'll be great after- I'll oh. I think I'm going to record it personally so that I can send it to my client. So I'll figure out how I could host that. Okay, good. That would be nice to, yeah, put that up because I'll, I'll happily add this, add that to this blog post. Okay. It's all the stuff you're talking about in one place. Uh, yeah. Because I think it, yeah, it, now that sounds then maybe the quicken, quicken, interestingly enough, being incredibly agnostic than I would guess, because they don't care. You wouldn't have had an existing loan with them necessarily. Right. So might be interesting with the way that I, at least I've seen so far that they're rolling it out. So Intuit offers QuickBooks, but they also have like their payroll that runs through them. Uh, so I think for the first iteration, they were offering it just to people that do run their payroll through their payroll service. And then beyond that, I think they're looking at expanding into people that actually use QuickBooks, which then there's the question of like, okay, well, can I sign up for QuickBooks today and not, you know, not have any information in there just to like be able to get access to this. So that's still something that's like being rolled out. Um, and I'll have, you know, as with all of this stuff, there'll be more information in the upcoming days. <laughs> so if I'm a gig worker, it sounds like the payroll pr protection plan why would they give it three P's? Well, we're all talking about PPEs every day, the personal protective equipment, right? I know. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. But then it sounds like the SBA loan might work better for a gig worker. So that is, that's an interesting point. Um, there are two pieces to it. Okay. So with, and I'll caveat everything I'm saying by this is all accurate as of today. Today. <laughs> yes, I get it. Today. Yeah. yeah. Today. Beyond that, I'm sure things are bound to change. Uh, but so there's with the PPP, you get 2.5 times your average monthly income. So if you're a sole proprietor or a gig worker, it's going to be based on that income that you're pulling out of the business. The forms are going to be a little bit different. Um, for a normal, like larger business entity with payroll, they're looking at what that gross payroll number is, but it has to obviously be different with gig workers. But they're looking at that amount that you on average earn per month. Okay. And then you get a loan for 2.5 times that. So essentially think of like two and a half months of your income, you get this loan for, and then the amount that you spend on covered expenses from the day the loan closes, fast forward eight weeks, so roughly two months, the amount you spend on covered expenses, which includes paying yourself, um, rent for your business, utilities, those utilities. types of things. Yeah, okay. Then that amount gets forgiven. So that's- I don't have to pay it back. Right. Okay. And then beyond that, if there's any amount that was, you got a loan for and it wasn't spent on those type of expenses, you have a 1% interest rate. So it's really low. So advertising, let's say, if you did some advertising, you yeah. pay a 1% interest on that as a loan. So you would yeah. officially need to pay that money back 
yeah. at an interest rate of 1%. So that's, it's, it's bigger than just, it's not forgiven. Right. You're actually using that for market development or business development. That yeah. is in fact a real live loan. Yeah. And the payments are deferred six months, but the interest is not okay. deferred. As of right now, unless the CARE Act, CARES Act changes that, right? right? Which is what created this to begin with was the CARES Act, as I understand it, created these opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask, um, and I, you may not know the answer to this, but it's been my understanding that if you're, I'll go back to gig workers, because, and I still know we have this, I feel like we have this gap between gig workers and people who have a more formal business. Those people who have the informal businesses that like a housekeeping business or, you know, people that have a couple employees and it's just been informal, they 1099 them or whatever yep. is going to be tough. But if you, if you can go back to your taxes for 2019 and get then your gross income, less expenses, right. You would be able to at least figure out what you may earned monthly. Yeah. Okay. That's when they refer you back to your taxes because we gig workers like this year suck for me. But if I go back last year, it was much better. Yeah, so that's a good question. So when, so far when I've been helping people apply for the PPP, it, they're basing that information on January 1 to December 31, 2019. Fantastic, okay. So, so now we all went in the crapper. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that could be bank specific. Um, the date I was using before this specific bank asked for those dates was February 1 of 2019 to January 31 because that's kind of the day that they're setting as like the disaster date is January 31 of 2020. Interesting. By yeah. the way, just interesting politically interesting. Yeah. Okay. yeah so that's kind of interesting but at least I can say from that bank they were using January 1 to December 31, 2019 for that amount. That certainly will be a lot easier for anybody running a business that doesn't have all the formal bells and whistles that I think of as like that next level business where you really do have a payroll and you do the things the regular yeah. way. Yeah. And the biggest thing there is just you have to have filed a Schedule C on your tax return for 2019. Well, okay, I'm gonna caveat that, but that's how you show, like if you are an informal business, you're an independent contractor or something like that, you show that you were a business by having that Schedule C, which is like the self-employment piece of your tax return. Your and just to, yeah, to, to say a little more about that for anybody wondering, that's the part where you write down your expenses. So yep. I'm using 25% of my house as an office and I have yep. this much of my utilities I write off and dues and publications and uh, office supplies, all those things that we independents um, value because it gets, what it does is it brings down your adjusted income so you pay less tax. Yeah, if you haven't been doing that smack smack um, because right. you need to adjust your income so you pay less tax. But yeah. more importantly, it's then that's a that is the caveat, as you said, for qualifying here is having that Schedule C. Okay. Yep. And for the um, for the idle, I believe it is. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about this idle loan. So what's the yeah. so yeah? How does that? What's that? How's that different? Or why are there two? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So the way I kind of view it is the PPP is more of a short-term temporary solution. Like, hey, I'm not getting any 
income or I can't pay my employees. How do I fill this gap right now while we're figuring out what's going on? Oh, that's right. And it was to retain, it was to hopefully keep people employed. Yeah. So mortgages and rent and everything else could, utilities, all those regular things could get paid. Right. Yep. Okay. Exactly. And we can afford groceries and all that, but it basically to stabilize the economy because people can make their payments and we don't cause yeah. this giant pell-mell craziness. Okay. Again, yeah. so that's the small businesses that like, let's say you have employees, you have 10 employees and you get the paycheck protection program loan. If you reduce your number of employees, you also reduce the amount of forgivableness of the loan. So it's really trying to encourage employers to a keep the same number of employees and b not reduce their wages. So they also get penalized on the forgivableness of the loan if they reduce the wages that they pay to their employees. So it's really to keep everything going. Stable. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. ugly surprises. Okay. Love it. So that's the PPP is kind of the short term. Let's pay everybody for the next two and a half months sort of thing. Now the idle loan, there's, there's a grant portion or the advance that's the front side of that, which we can talk a little bit more, but in general, I view the idle as a long-term, so a more long-term solution. So in general, they, even though the SBA is now deciding the loan amount, it's kind of along the lines of trying to provide six months of operating expenses for a business. And so operating expenses isn't just payroll that's purchasing inventory, that's like maintaining the business, getting it back up and running. So that's kind of like a, hey, how do I have cash flow to get this thing back off the ground when things start really turning? Because if I've, you know, if you, if you were chugging along like this and then COVID happened and now your cash flow has gone down here and you're trying to get back operational, where's the cash infusion that's gonna meet you to get back off the ground? And the idol is kind of filling that spot of here's your cash infusion at a low interest rate. Let's keep your business going. We don't want you to have to close the doors. Um, this pot of money is sitting there to help you keep operating. But with it being six months, it, it is a longer term solution versus the you know two and a half months of just purely payroll expenses. So that's kind of the breakdown of it. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense though, because that then starts to address bricks and mortar stores, people who even services who have to go get stuff to, to do their service. Yeah. Um, all kinds of uh, special services where nursing services or anything like that, where they have to go get more stuff to do their job, but you don't have the cash to go put, put the outlay out there first. And certainly yep. most of us aren't going to have the cash to pay for some of the stuff up front because we need to get moving again too. So exactly. I like it. So, so idle, it's funny that they call it idle. Like, <laughs> idle. I know, I guess we kind of technically are idle, but it's the cash infusion. So yeah. anyone with a business that actually, I think more bricks and mortar, but I, I get it. It's anybody with a business where you've got to produce something. You've got to get stuff to produce stuff. This is really going to help you in yeah. addition to helping pay for payroll. Right. It's also, I mean, it's so anything, it, operating costs, right? Anything. Yeah. So the biggest thing is like, let's say overall, you said for the next six months, I need $500,000 in cash to keep going. That's my payroll. That That's everything. But the next two and a half months of payroll is $100,000. Like, let's just say those are the expenses. 
you don't want to double dip. And so you would take, okay, if I need $500,000 total, then I'll apply for a hundred thousand with the paycheck protection program. And I'll apply for 400,000 with the idle. You just don't want to be like, I'm covering that paycheck amount twice. Okay. Sort of thing. And are they, uh, uh, there's going to be some checks and balances to check for that. Cause that seems like that's where there's a real vulnerability. Yeah. So that is the interesting piece. One of, <laughs> some of the first questions I got were like, how are they going to make sure that, like what, what type of documentation do they need for the loan to be forgiven? You know, all of those sorts of questions start coming up. And I'm like, well, at this point, the SBA hadn't even gotten their SOPs together for the PPP. And so I was like, I don't know. Um, but there is going to be, especially with that forgivable piece of like showing what your payroll was, showing what the wages were paid to the employees versus prior periods. Um, and I've even heard of people like setting up different bank accounts for those loan disbursements to go into so that you can more easily track like where is that money actually moving to instead of having to go back and allocate. Um, but that will definitely be one of the interesting things that kind of develops as this moves forward and people start actually receiving funds. This is interesting. To, I mean, you're, you're, you're subtly making the point, which is, keep track of this crap if you do it know exactly what you spent and where you spend it if you don't think you're going to have to report this on your taxes in some very detailed way or file an addendum or whatever there will be some way that we will need you do not want to wake up the irs to your business dealings that's a nightmare especially gig workers it's already the thing we live in fear of the most so keep track don't be afraid to get in this and, and take advantage of it Nobody should be in hell right now with these paths to financial assistance, but just don't be sloppy on the back end and how you keep track of the data. Especially since with the PPP, that funding is coming from banks, right? Right. Banks are the middleman between you and the SBA, but the banks have to show stuff to the SBA in order for them to get paid and then for you to have the loan forgiven. So you need to make sure that you're clear on that documentation with whoever your lender is, what they're going to want for that loan to be forgiven. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be like, oh, wait, they needed what? And you don't want to be stuck with that amount. Then you owe the money back, right? So your incentive for doing good paperwork is getting to keep free money. Yes. And and it's interesting because I did hear when Mnuchin was announcing this, uh, Secretary Mnuchin, sorry, I should be respectful, uh, was talking about it. He was talking about the banks um, squawking, and I think it's valid that this was going to cost them a lot to service these little itty-bitty loans with a high documentation requirement. So guys, we all need to play play well here. You're going to get free money. Your job is to be responsible with it and to keep good track of the records and to make sure your banks or hopefully maybe your credit unions are, um, are taken care of so that they, then it's, it's only going to help you. And I suspect that might even help your credit rating in the long run, that you look like a good, responsible, uh, credit worthy human. So take it with that positivity is my point. Don't, don't, you know, really be excited about the opportunity here to prove that you're a good citizen and you'll get free money, which is key right now. Yeah. Yeah. And be nice to your lenders. Like I said before, like I, if I had one message to everybody dealing with this mess is that 
everybody's doing their best to serve small business owners. Um, and like thinking that they're not doesn't help <laughs> anything. And I've seen so many complaints around it. And it's like the lenders are doing the best they can. I appreciate why they have to put certain stipulations in place about who they're serving because they likely have very large client bases already. And now all of the ones, the big and small are coming from every which direction, asking them how they apply for these loans. So it's a yeah. It's true. The irony is that I know some of the banks, the big banks, we won't name them, but I, but y'all know who they are. They don't necessarily have a great reputation for dealing with the little guys like, like me, because they don't work. I'm a nuisance. I'm a party of one. Even if I had a small business, I'm still not moving cash at the rate they want to deal with companies that move cash. So it's funny to hear the president speak about these big banks being so excited about it. I think they're much more interested in idle loans, frankly, than these little PPP loans because we're not who their target is. That's why the, the credit unions and our local smaller banks would be so much more well-suited. They, they like the relationships. If you have a relationship with them, you come back and, and, you're, and you're working with your neighbors, which is the part I like the best. When you're being nice to the bank, that's because that's the person you're going to one day again see at the grocery store. Maybe not this year, but maybe in 2021, you'll see them at the grocery store. So right. be kind because they're just another working stiff like you. And they really do want to help you, but they also have the, their, they have their constraints. I was going to hold up my hands like handcuffs, but they, they're yeah. handcuffed too by certain constraints. So ask yeah. them for alternatives, ask them for other facility. Maybe there's another bank they could recommend. Yeah. Um, you know, don't be afraid to ask the other questions if the answer is no, but arguing with them is not going to help. I'll just be empathetic. They're trying their best. Yeah. So hear that, Shana. That's, that's so important. Yeah. Because they are like, I mean, it makes sense that they're more likely to first serve their larger clients. I've been working with one client that, you know, their main bank is trying to win some other loans that this client has from other banks. And so this is the way like, oh, if I serve them first on this, that kind of helps bolster oh. the responsiveness. But I mean, at the end of the day, when you think about it, it's not as much your cash reserve that's sitting in a bank that does them any good. It's how many loans you have. So capital intensive businesses are the ones that banks are going to serve first. I mean, it's just. They should have given this to the mortgage people because those the people have a big investment in those of us making sure we pay our mortgages, yeah. which then affects renters, which then, 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 you know, if we can pay, pay our mortgages, our, our renters, we could cut them some slack, but oh my God, like we all have to help each other in whatever way we can. Yeah. Well, and that's another, what, another reason some of the banks have been overloaded is you think about all of this started going down and banks were already starting to work with their clients to help them postpone loan payments, you know, all like all of that work they were doing behind the scenes before PPP even happened. And now they have this on top of them as well. I mean, the bankers have a lot that they're dealing with to try to help people weather this storm. Wow. And, and, and we, you haven't heard, I haven't heard anything about mortgage, uh, mortgages, any kind of suspension or I don't want mortgage relief, but I would just love to just push off payments for a couple months still yeah, say, oh, yeah. the same amount to let the interest accrue. I don't care, but, but no, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything. And I, I'll be honest, I've been staying up less on the individual side than the business side, simply because of the nature of who I'm serving yeah. right now. Right. Yeah. 
No, that makes a lot of sense. And and I think that mortgages maybe will get looked at in the second CARES Act. I know they're working on it now. It doesn't feel like Congress is working, guys, but I, from everything I understand, they're spending a lot of time behind the scenes working up the next bill. So um, have patience with your representatives because this, there is a lot of collaboration and work going on behind the scenes. And I understand on both sides, both parties are doing that. So that's good. That's how we got to where we are today with these yeah these ones that we're talking about here is that we actually collaborated across party lines. If you can believe it. I know, right? Coronavirus got people to talk to one another. It's only really takes a pandemic to do it. Yeah. Just that's it. That's all it took. Just people. Oh my God. Okay. I, I'm going to ask if we have any questions today. Anybody on the line with questions? I know for a fact that um, folks have reached out to me about this topic, so they're gonna be listening to this recording. And this has um, been invaluable, Shauna. I, I think it's so much. Any last words or, or you think we covered all the big stuff? I will say that I do have a blog post that kind of breaks down the difference between these two. So if we've switched back too much, back and forth a little too much and you're like, wait, which one's what? Um, I do have a blog post that talks about it and that goes into the advance on the idle loan that that's one thing we didn't dig into and there is speculation on the internet about how that's going to change in the coming days okay um i will I, absolutely put this in my blog post i'll put the link to your blog because i think okay. it's going to be incredibly helpful and then it, it'll be live i mean as you edit update to the blog <laughs> it'll it'll be current with the link so that people can see how it's changing because yeah every day i'm hearing new news about this and i know i need to get applying but i really wanted to understand it from you yeah before i dig in and i have a few friends that are now going to call me and ask me what to do so <laughs> well, i have on the bottom of that blog post a little like contact me box so if you have questions definitely reach out um like i'm happy to answer anything i know this stuff is confusing because if i've been sitting there like i'll see things on the internet and i'll be like wait what happened what <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll get on one of these calls with the SBA and I'll be listening. I'm like, I think that was fake news or, it, or someone will like see something from a representative and then it takes like nine days for it to pass through the SBA and actually become news. So there are like all these different aspects that are happening. I mean, I was on a call last Thursday and the, this was before the PPP went live and they adjusted the interest rate between the time we started the call and that time we ended the Hearing call. That, yeah, I was, Manushin came out with the one thing and then like a day later, because God loves Stephanie Rule, but she's like, and that's already changed because the bank said, wait, what? No, I don't want to play with you. Yeah. So um, interesting. Yeah, I think it's so interesting how fluid this is. But on the other hand, at least, I mean, I'm really surprised there is some stuff here to help us. So based yeah. on how our track record in government in the last few years this is pretty amazing so yeah. i i'm i'm encouraged and i hope that anybody listening will reach out to you if they need help we'll go ahead and pursue this especially us little guys let's do what we can we need to we are important too yeah and i do want to reiterate that point because i still think no matter how much is out there about this being about small businesses like it does include you if you're an independent contractor if you're a sole proprietor, if you don't feel like you're a business, but you are, and you've been filing a schedule C, like all, all of that, it covers. Um, because I, I just see so many people that are like, 
well, there's nothing out there to help us. I'm like, what are you talking about? These loans are literally there to help you. <laughs> like, right. You are a small business just because you don't have employees doesn't mean that you don't get to take advantage of these. You definitely. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Because that's, and that's so much why I wanted to keep talking about this because yeah. I think it's really easy to feel sad and really level one is to be perfectly honest. Anybody yeah. who knows the energy talk knows level one is like, you feel like a victim, but yeah. uh -huh, no way, man, get your energy up because you have, you might have to work for it. You might have to be responsible, but you don't have to be broke. Yeah. So exactly. let's get some, let's get this going. Yeah. Shana, thank you so much for today. This, I'm very, very excited about this. Uh, normally I have what's coming up on the pod and I share, but I'm not going to share today because I think this feels like a really good ending and, uh, I will talk to you soon. Thanks everybody for tuning in.